in a lot of ways, a, a very different book of the Bible. I want us to remember something right in the beginning as we, as we begin studying, and that's this, especially the, the boys and girls that are here tonight. Um, you're not going to be here through the whole study of the book of Esther. You know why? Because I know how many messages it's going to take, and I know when Truth Tracker starts. Okay? And so you're not going to be here for the whole study of the book of Esther. So I want to kind of fill you in on a little bit of the whole story. Uh, we know the story of Esther, I say, most for the, the end, when she approaches the king. I think Xerxes, he's called Azurus here in, 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 in the book, uh, but we know him through history. We know that this happened. He was the king of the, the Persians and the Medes. I mean, that's, that's who he was. And uh, he, he appro she approached the king knowing it would have risked her life to do so. And she went to him and, and ended up getting favor for the Jewish people. And there was a man named Haman who was going to try to wipe out the Jews. And he wanted to kill Mordecai. And, and God worked the whole thing out where it ended up Haman was the one who died. And, and Mordecai was the one who was, who was praised. And, and God's people were saved. And, and we have this story. Uh, Jewish people, if you know any Jewish people, they're very familiar with this story. They call it the time of Purim, right? Have you ever heard of that? The time of Purim, and they would, they'll, have a, they'll have a feast, and they'll celebrate, they'll light the candles. That, the name of that, that, that candlestick is called a menorah, right? And they'll light the seven candles, and, and they, uh, they, they celebrate this time uh, when, they were, when they were praying and talking to the Lord. And so, let's go ahead and read just a little bit of the first chapter. I'll, I'll tell you this, there are some very hard-to-pronounce names in this first chapter, and I'm going to do my best. And I cannot make any claims to correct pronunciation, but I will do my very best, all right? Uh, so that's the book of Esther. I think maybe I should have the young ones read the names. What do you think? We'll, we'll have you guys sound. Phonics worked for me, right? We'll have you guys sound them out. We'll go through. But let's, let's read just the, just the beginning here. Uh, we're introduced. In any story, you're introduced to characters. And uh, the story first introduces us uh, to the character of the king. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. Uh, really... I have a lot from history to share with you as well as from the Word of God. To help us get a grasp on what, this is a real story, boys and girls. This is not some Bible story, some Disney story of some princess. No, this is a real princess. And, and this really happened. Okay? And this was a long time ago, but this happened. This is in our history. Uh, chapter 1 of Esther, verse number 1 says, Now it came to pass in the days of Azurus. Uh, this is Azurus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia. Huge kingdom. Over 107 and 20 provinces. That's 127 provinces. He had a huge kingdom. He ruled the world. Uh, that in those days, when the king of Zerus uh, sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants, uh, the power of Persian media, uh, the nobles and princes of provinces being before him. And he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even a hundred and four score days. All right, those of you that are familiar with this, how many days is that? 104 score. That's 180 days. Quick on the draw, Jimmy. Good. He's going to be an engineer. 180 days. And can anyone tell me how long, how many months is that, 180 days? Six months. Okay, some of you, if you're under 10 years old, uh, that'd be, you know, a good fit, one fifth of your, like a, that's a long time. Six months, that's huge. All right? That's a long time to throw a party. Some of you have a party like for an hour. 
right? How many? How long was your birthday party? I once went to a birthday party that lasted like four or five hours, maybe, right? I had my cousin. Had a, he had a big party. It lasted maybe six hours. It was half the day. This was a party that lasted for six months, and this is what the king would do. He would invite everyone to come, and that's kind of how he like kept them loyal to himself. One of the ways that he reigned, and he ruled, he he invite them in. They have this this huge party. And he says, well, let's continue reading a little bit about this party uh, that he throws. It says, it was 180, a six-month party. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan the palace, both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace, where were white, green, and blue hangings, fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings, and pillars of marble, and the, the beds were of gold and silver, upon pavement of red and blue and white and black marble. He's got all different colors. Some of you girls like to color, wear rainbow-colored dresses, and color with all the colors. Uh, this guy, he had, he had all the colors in his palace. It was, it was beautiful. The couches, the beds that were there, and the ch- they, they were made out of gold and silver. This was excessively opulent. It was it was. It was, it was, he had his palace up just to wow everyone. He was born into all this. Look what he says in verse 7. They gave them drinking in vessels of gold. I don't know about you, I drink out of plastic most of the time. Glass. Vessels being diverse one from another. Every single cup. I, I drink out of a glass glass here, but see how, see how it's decorated? See how there's, everyone was different. It was every single glass was a work of art by an artist, that, that, that everyone was different. Talk about the, displaying his wealth and having it, having it for everyone to see. It's, it's kind of gross sometimes. We read this. We say, oh, how awful is this? But you know what? You know what separates him from you? is means and more money. Seriously. We, so we, love, we like to condemn something like this. Say, oh, it's so... No. But you know what? Keeping up with the Joneses is, is what they call it in the United States of America, right? He has this fence. Well, I have to have a fence like that. And, and he, he, had, he was the king, and he wanted to show that he was the king of kings. And when he brought the princes in, he wanted to show them his palace was better than their palace. His flat screen was more inches wide than the other person's flat screen. He had a better, more fast processor on his gaming system, right? He, they, they just wanted to... This is what he was showing, and... He compelled them every place. It was beautiful. He gave them a drink and the royal wine in abundance according to the state of the king. In other words, he said, it's an open bar. This is, this is ungodly, boys and girls, to, to drink. It's not right. Uh, but this is what this king did. He said, everyone can just drink to their heart's content. And he gave them drink in vessels of gold. Verse 8, And the drinking was according to the law. None did compel for so the king had appointed all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. So they only had one rule when it came to the drinking. This is not God's rule. This is the rule in their kingdom. The rule was no rules. The rule was do whatever you want with it. So there's one rule. You ever have someone like make a joke like that? At a point? We only have one rule here. Everyone has to have fun or something like that. There's only one rule here. No limits. Uh, that's what's going on here. This, any, any, anything goes. That's not, that's not a good thing. Verse 9, also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belonged to King Azurus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded, now here's the big names, 
right? Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Bigtha, Abaktha, Zethar, and Carcass, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Xerxes the king, to bring Vashti, the queen, before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said unto the wise men which knew the times, for so was the king's manner towards all that knew law and judgment. And next unto him was Karshina and Sethar and Admantha and Tarshish and Maris and Maricina and Memekan and the seven princes of Persia and Media which saw the king's face and which sat the first at the kingdom. What shall we do unto the queen Vashti according to the law? Because she hath not performed the commandment of the king as erst by the chamberlains. And we have this Merucam says he has an answer. He answered before the king of the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong in the king only, but also to all the princes and all the people that are in the province of the king Xerxes. And his deed, and this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so they shall despise their husbands in their eyes. And when it shall be reported, Xerxes had made Vashti the queen to be brought before him, but she came not. Likewise shall the ladies of Persian media say, uh, this day unto all the king's princes which have heard of the deed of the queen, thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. Basically he's saying, if you let the queen get away with this, we're going to have trouble. It's just a bad example. We'll have a little insurrection going on. All the ladies rebelling. If it please the king, verse 19, let there go a royal commandment from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes, that it be not altered, and Vashti, come no more before King Azurus, and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. We're going to stop right there. That word better. We get a glimpse, first of all, introduced, first of all, to this king. I want to take a little look at some of the things that the king does. I want you to see how Jesus is a better king Nazareth, much better king. There was a scandal there in the palace, right? Queen Vashti wasn't going to come. They threw the big party, and then they had a big problem. One of the princes comes up with a plan. We're going to punish her. We're going to make an example out of her. We're going to throw the book at her. But I want you to see, first of all, that God always plans ahead. You understand that? And we're going to learn, as we learn through this book of the Bible, about how Jesus Christ, he's better all the way through than, than, than anything, and Jesus Christ is a better king than this king. Uh, where we stand in history, let me catch you up to where we stand in history. God's people have rebelled against God. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah tells us uh, that, that there was going to come the king from Babylon. He was going to destroy them. And Daniel prophesied. And not only that, but uh, other kings would be raised up. Right? Actually, one of the greatest prophecies in Scripture, Cyrus is named by name. And then there would be three kings after him. And it says the greatest of the kings was this king right here. God prophesied this kingdom that it was going to be this way. And he was an ungodly man, but God was using uh, the captivity there all the way through for 70 years. 
from the time the children of Israel were captured and were, were enslaved. They were not allowed to go home back to Jerusalem. They were taken from their homes, taken to Babylon. And it's thought by most people, I tried to read up a little bit, as, as I always do as I study for my messages, how did Esther get to Shushan? How did that happen? Well, not all of the children of Israel went back to Jerusalem when Cyrus became... Cyrus didn't believe in slavery. And, uh, of course, he let all the Jews free. And after 70 years of bondage in Babylon, uh, many of them went back. Of course, we have the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, and we see the pilgrimages going, going back. Uh, but eventually, of course, the king, one king died, the next king died. But this king here was, at this time, probably like 30 years old, and he was spoiled. He'd been raised his whole life and just had whatever he wanted. And we see that God has a plan going on. We all plan for things, but God is working things out. And God, even through the kingdoms of men, is working things out. Sometimes if you sit home and you watch on television all that's going on in Egypt, all that's going on in the Middle East, uh, people being let out of prison in Palestine, you even read about what's happening in our own country. People being let out of prison in California, right? What, we say, what is going on with the government in this country? What's going on with the rulers? God has a plan. And as God's people, no matter what's going on in the world, we can always be hopeful people. And I, I want you to know that uh, though sometimes it's very depressing to, to read, we should not be depressed. We should always see God's hand at work. In this very book of the Bible, uh, they were told this story. And, and again, many of the commentators said, don't preach through this. You know why? Because there's no direct action of God. Well, I want to tell you whether God works in a miraculous way or not, whether, whether and we're going to pray for our leaders, but you know what? Whether Cory Booker or Steve Lonigan gets elected a senator here in New Jersey, a God is still on his throne, Amen. and God is still working things out. And, and we don't trust our uh, horses and chariots and politicians. We trust in God. And, and, and you, should, you should feel hopeful, especially you young ones. You, the generation you're going to live in, the greatest generation with the most opportunity than any generation has ever come before you. You'll have more information at your fingertips. You'll be able to have more influence on more people than anyone ever dreamed of. When Whitfield preached on the Great Awakening, and then some 30,000 people were able to hear him speak, uh, that was, at the time, the greatest influence that any one person could have on any number of people. And what happened with the advent of the television? What happened with worldwide broadcast? What happened with Facebook? I know some people with the click of a button, they could have thousands of people know exactly what they wanted to say, whether it's about the Lord or about some, some weird, funny kitty cat video. All right? they, they can get it out there. Right? Well, you have a great opportunity. And the question is, what are you going to use? The opportunity that God gives you, are you going to use it for Him or are you going to use it for yourself? Uh, it can be vain and, and, or it can be meaningful. But God is, God's plans ahead, and he gets things going through. So here in chapter 1, we see the king has a, has a big show, trying to show everybody up. We see the queen separated, and the nation is stunned. And then, of course, we have the solution given by, by Memucan. That's the way you say it, right? But there's a lesson here. The lesson is that, that men don't always do things God's way. It's easy to condemn King Azurus here for his opulence and what he's done. But let's not be too quick to condemn him because really the only difference is that he had the means and he had the money to fulfill his will. So how is that happening in our country? How is it happening now? How is it happening with me? Every chance you get to make your own kingdom exactly the way you want it, you do that, don't you? For us to really say, I want God's will to be done. That's an, that's an act of the Spirit of God. 
for us to really submit our will and say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. I don't want my will to be done. For you know, young children, for you to be obedient to your parents. That means you have to submit your will to God's will and say, I'm going to obey what my mom wants me. I'm going to obey what my dad wants me because I know that's what God desires for me. And that's, that's a very big deal. You're submitting your will. And this man, he wanted his will to be done. What happened when he didn't get his will done? He pouted, right? Um, fine. If the queen doesn't come, right? Now let's do something about this. And that's the same human nature that we all have. And we see it as we set up our own little homes, our own little kingdoms, set up just for our own convenience. We see it even, and with young ears, I, I, I'm going to warn you about this. We see it even with pornography. The internet, you can go, on, go online and you can set things up just how you want them. Some attractive woman who doesn't know you would never be attracted to you, uh, she's going to go ahead and, and display herself for you. That, that, that's not real. That's not reality. That's not how it works, but that's what many men are running to. And God's people, let's make a covenant with our eyes, as David said, and say, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. Uh, young people, make a covenant. I'm not, I'm not going to watch just any junk. Just, in many cases, just because it says it's a Disney movie. You know, it's family friend. Be careful what you watch. Let's not set those things before our eyes. We look at him, we condemn him for, for what he's doing here, but in our own hearts, our own lives, we do the same thing. I want my way. I want, I want what I want. I don't care what God says. Uh, this is what I would like to do. And that, that pride that swells up, this is someone, he, he's reigning on his own throne. But even still, God is using that. We know from the beginning to the end that God is going uh, to be better than this king. See, we have a God who His will is best. As we pray to Him tonight and ask Him for His will to be done, praise Him for what He's already done. Things that we would have never been able to ask for, but we can trust. We say, God, we want Your will to be done. We have a great and good God, the God that can be trusted. We should be able to leave here tonight encouraged that in this dark time with this awful, prideful, whiny, pouty king, that God was still at work and God was still doing something. And, and four kings later, four generations later, there was a little family of Israelites that, that traveled from Babylon to the palace in Shushan. They traveled to live there. And as they traveled, the mom and the dad died. And we find little Esther. She's an orphan, really. This is Uncle Mordecai to take care of her. And we say, what, what could possibly come good out of this? God is in control. And God is working things out. What could possibly come good out of this awful situation? God is working to preserve and to do His will. And I, I have tonight a, uh, as a place to worship God at the end of our bulletin. How should we worship Him? How should we worship Him? If you'll look. Our great God who is sovereign over all. We have a God that we can trust. We have a God who's working things out. And we need to worship Him that way tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Boyd to, to lead in prayer as we, as we worship God tonight for who He is and what He's doing. And can we not trust Him? Let me, let me get a, a response out of you tonight. Can we trust the Lord? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And as we close in prayer, let's worship God today. He's working things out. No matter what's going on, we have a God that we can trust. And we can always be hopeful people. Look forward to every, every opportunity that God will give us in this next generation. To be hopeful people, worshiping Him. He is sovereign. He had made promises that the Messiah was going to come from the lineage of the Jews. The Jews couldn't be wiped out, right? Uh, God has made promises to His church that there will be a remnant, that there will be folks that will be pure. There will be folks that will be looking forward to His coming. That's you and that's me. We have these promises of God. He promises, I will build my church. And let's, let's worship Him tonight for His 
sovereignty. He's overawed. King Xerxes thought he was doing what he wanted to do. Thought he was getting his way done. God was seeing his will done even through that. As Brother Boyd leads in prayer, and we worship God for his sovereignty tonight. Let's thank him for it. Let's worship him, if you would, brother.